it's our birthday. How many of you guys, when your kids had their first birthday ever, um, let them just go to town on a serious piece of chocolate cake? Did you guys do that? I, it's all about the parent, really. First birthday, the kid doesn't know exactly what's going on. It's just, it's fun because you get 45 minutes of unadulterated icing everywhere. But it's all about the parent. And so we're really excited to celebrate this morning. Man, first birthday. How much fun. We're looking forward to not only staying at our first birthday, but to growing forward. How many of you want your kids to stay at one-year-old forever? No. There probably is a perfect age, and you probably think it's somewhere where you don't want them to get any older. But still, as fun as it is, man, you can't wait to grow forward. And that's what we're talking about this year, about going forward and what does the road ahead look like? And, and God, what are you calling us to down here? And so we want to celebrate that together. Hey, can I pray for us as we get started? Lord God, thank you. God, it's only because of you that each one of us is here. It's only because of you that we're having our one-year birthday. And we're just excited, God, about you, and we're excited about what's ahead. God, would you lead us? Would you guide us? Would you show us the way and give us fuel, God? Give us the energy we need to go there. God, we know that your word says that you will give us everything we need for life and godliness and for for doing all that you've called us to do. And so we ask you that. For, we ask you for that this morning and for this year coming forward. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if it's your first time here, we just want to say welcome. But we get together every week and we, we celebrate the good things of God together. And we thank the Lord for his kindness to us and his love for us. We just want you to be welcome. And, uh, and if it's your first time here, I want to let you know, that we have giant cupcakes every week here. And uh, we have cupcakes in the lobby, and we do that every week. So come back, and uh, we'll, do this, we'll do this all the time. Hey, if you know, if you've been around K2 for a while, you know that we have these three letters that we talk about over and over and over. And they are what? F-T-O, okay? F-T-O. And it stands for focus, tight, and out there. And so we're just, this morning, talking about what FTO is and why we're focused and who we're focused on and why we're tight and why we want to be out there. And so if you will, with me, let's go that direction, all right? We're focused as K2, and we're focused on not just something, because there's so many things to be focused on in life. There's so many things to be focused on. You can be focused on yourself, you can be focused on your kids, you can be focused on your job, you can be focused on money, you can be focused on fame, you can be focused on being a good person. There's so many things to focus on. We over and over want you to hear what the Bible says, is that you and I ought to be focused on Jesus. Just unabashedly, that's who we focus on. That's who our focus is. Does life have the amazing ability to fog your eyes? It does mine. You go through life, and how many of you have ever, have you ever had this experience where it's like Friday, and you're like, I, where did that week go? I just started this week. Like, where did it go? And, and you find there are seasons of your life that just almost evaporate. Have you ever had that? The older you get, now kids, if you're listening to me, you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I promise you hit your 20s, you hit your 30s, and it's like, it just evaporates. You're like, where did life go? Last thing I knew, I was here, and, and now I'm, and what did I do with all that time? 
And how did I get all this stuff? And how did I get all this debt? And how did I get all this hurt? And I'm carrying around it, and I never wanted that. And life gets blurry because we focus on so many other things. We make so many other things our focus. Man, thank you, and and we got to focus on Jesus. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Jesus is more than just who we focus on here. Jesus is the centerpiece of all of time. Our whole orientation to our clock and our calendar, it's all around a man who was born a couple thousand years ago. The centerpiece of history is a guy, a man who was born and claimed to be God, who lived this amazing righteous life, and no one ever found fault in him. You know, it's crazy, because the Bible says that the God of the universe said, I'm going to reveal myself to people. I'm going to send my son to people. And if you've ever been around like a presidential procession or a royal procession, the way we send kings and presidents around, it's with great pomp and circumstance and security. And God sent his son into the life of a virgin under the haze of being illegitimate for his whole life. And not only was she a virgin and and there was that whole story, but on top of that, he was born into just a blue-collar family. In a normal time, in a normal place, from a town that nobody wanted to be from. I don't know if that would be like Harriman or... I'm not sure exactly what that place would be. But uh, sorry if you're here from Harriman for the first time. But you know, kind of out there. Literally, he was born in a town called Nazareth and they said... Nothing good comes from that town, that hillbilly town. Nothing good comes out of there. God placed his son right there to grow up and to be found faultless. You know what? Even as a young man, he asked questions and he talked about the word of God and the the people around, the religious leaders around, they were dumbfounded. is this man as he became a man he asked people to follow him and they did they followed him and the people who followed him and lived with him i don't know who you roll with i don't know who you do life with but the people who i do life most with they know the most about me like if i came up here and said hey i want to let you know that i'm god incarnate like my sons are rolling on the ground down here you know what i'm saying they're like Because the people that you live with, you're most genuine with, and you repent to, and you, they know your flaws, they know your strengths, they know your humanness. The people that Jesus rolled with lived and died for his name for years after he rose from the dead. They said, this guy was the real deal. And Jesus, the son of God, come into time, lived a perfect life, spoke as no one ever spoke of the things of God. Lived as no one ever lived. He was an amazing man who, who's just people who are caught up in their sin, in lifestyle, deep patterns of hurt and sin. Those people said, I like that guy. And the religious people who saw him, they were terrified of him. And they killed him people who knew that they needed a Savior, 
And it was like, he was like, Mom, they loved him. People who thought they were good enough and they were right, they couldn't stand it. This Jesus, he went to the cross for you and me. And here at K2, we just tell the story over and over again because the story is so, so good that God would come into time and come into, into humanity and He would live and die for my sins. Because what the Bible says is that all of us need forgiveness. Everybody here knows that we're imperfect. And most of us, most of our lives, most of the places around the world, most of us, we hope that karma is real. Now, you might not use the word karma, but the idea that if I'm good enough today, and if I do good enough now, that in the end, it's going to pan out good for me. That I'll get good back. And there's plenty of people in plenty of religions all over the world who live hoping to do enough good that it works out good for them in the end. And it's the exact opposite of everything that God wanted to teach us in Jesus. Because Jesus says, there's no one good. I'm the only good one. The Father's good, and I'm good because I'm His Son. But everyone needs to be forgiven. Anyone who believes in Jesus, that He's the Son of God, that He died for their sins, can be forgiven. It's good, good news. Because I need to be forgiven. And so do you. And Jesus came into time, lived a perfect life, and he died in my place. Jesus was powerful. When he walked, he healed people on the spot. Boom, be healed. Boom, have your eyesight back. I don't think he said boom, by the way. Um, people who were full of demons, and they ran away from them. The demons shrieked out of him. He said, be gone with you. He had power over nature. Storms rise up. And he just says, wind, be still. And the people who were with him said, who is this man? Never seen anything like it. And not only did he die for my sin, but he conquered death. He didn't just conquer death and the people he raised from the dead... He rose from the grave. And he was seen first by his followers, those who were closest to him, then over 500 people. And he walked with them and ate with them for 40 days before he went back to be with the Father. This Jesus is the centerpiece of all time. And we, unabashedly at K2, our focus is all about him. Our life is all about him. We want you to know that as a believer in Christ, your life ought to be all about Him. At work, at home, in your kitchen, in your, in your life, as you go back and forth to school, your life ought to be all about Jesus. Because, just to be honest, we can get so fogged up with so many other things. It's like our glasses fog over. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing in a bunch of different directions, and you know what the Bible says for those of us who become believers in Him? Is that when we focus on Him, we understand that He's given us new life and that our citizenship is actually in heaven. That we aren't really from Utah or, I mean, we are, but 
it, this isn't our home, that our home is somewhere else. How many of you have ever seen a, uh, a, a war movie where they, they drop in? Out of the plane at night. You guys have seen that kind of stuff, right? Out of the plane at night, parachute in because it's a stealth mission they're on. Man, I love that kind of stuff. And so, man, the guys are coming down, and as soon as they hit ground, what do they do? Oh, they set up a tent, get out the chaise lounge, all right, kick back, put on the sunglasses, kick off their boots, put their flops on, right? But they moved there, right? That would be absolutely stupid, wouldn't it? We call those kind of people AWOL, okay? Those are traitors, right? Do you know what I'm saying? They lost, they lost the plot. They lost the focus. And here's the deal. We're supposed to be focused on Christ. Because we are the body of Christ taking the good news of Jesus to this place. How often do you and I spend man, all the time preparing, all the time learning, all the time believing and coming here and shouting out His name and say, God, you're great, and draw the nations to yourself. Boom, I'm out. Parachute, I'm going in. Hey, where's my flip-flops? Where's my chaise lounge? And we have this thought. We lose our focus. We drop into the middle of the jungle and we think, all right, let's set up shop. This is my home. We don't think about life that way, but that's what God says. He says, man, be focused on me. This isn't your world. Home is waiting. Be on mission now. We're going to get into it. So we're focused on Jesus. That's why we focus on him, because you and I, we get so clouded. We forget. We forget we're on mission. So we need to focus on him and say, Jesus, what do you want from my life? What do you want from me this week? There's a guy up north who's a volunteer. He just helps out twice a month in uh, Adventure Canyon. And he told Dave this week, he said, every day, every time I come to church, on the way, there's a certain point on the drive that I pass. And I just say, God, who am I supposed to minister to today at church? And just the normal pattern of his life is that as he's going to work or to church, he just says, God, what's my mission today? What am I supposed to do today? Where are you dropping me and what am I supposed to do? And he just focuses his life and his day on Jesus. So if we're focused on Jesus, the next thing we need to be is tight together. And you guys have experienced this. We need to be tight together. And... And when we're tight together, the outcomes should look a little bit like this in our lives. I first got involved in Life Together group God was really working on me to get connected, and we were kind of new to the area, and, and we'd gone through about a year of just coming to K2, and, and every, almost every Sunday, there's a pastor up there saying, uh, you're missing out on part of life if you're not doing life together, so we started asking around, 
And we asked, the, you know, one friend, well, what's she doing? Is there life to take together groups? Thinking, you know, we'll, we'll go do some of that. And no, not doing anything. So we asked some other people, no, we're not, no, we're not doing that. So finally we decided we're, we're just going to start one. We were really kind of just sort of halfway searching for some community. And we were approached by Chad and Shelly, and they were talking about this Life Together group. And, and uh, it was about food initially, and it was kind of what perked my interest. I was like, food? And then we began to learn who else was in uh, the group, and then we, just, we felt more and more um, compelled to just, just join. Well, when Chad uh, came up to us and uh, talked to us about joining this uh, small group with him, uh, we, you know, we were kind of a little hesitant because my wife and I aren't really, you know, the outgoing type or whatever, you know. But uh, we decided to give it a try. When I first started going to K2, I, I was one of those individuals that came every Sunday and kind of would show up and then leave and then join Connections. And I kind of started getting to know a few people, but I still felt kind of out of the loop, so to speak. And since joining the Life Together group, you know, we've, we've been involved in what I consider, you know, my other family. To get in that level with people, it, it, it just, it really, you know, makes me identify with a lot of what everybody else is going through. You know, I'm not the only one, you know, with, you know, questioning that or, you know, feeling this way about that or whatever. It's hard to go through this, this life in this world, being a Christian, um, and if we can't, um, you know, sort of... Uh, just bounce ideas off each other, then it's hard to grow and hard to kind of um, hold each other up when, when we're feeling down and whatnot. We end up really doing life together and looking forward to it and how asking each other, how, is, how did this turn out for you? And, and oh, did you need a hand doing this or that? And it makes a big difference. I have never had friends from church. I have never had Christian friends. I've never, I'm a baby Christian. And it's, it's been amazing to be able to have conversations with, with people outside of just Sunday about Christ and about growing in Christ. And we bring our 11-year-old and 6-year-old, and, uh, you know, they've connected with the other couple's kids just as much as, you know, we adults have. You know, there's been weeks where, you know, we haven't been able to make it, you know, for, you know, whatever, you know, prior, you know, engagements, vacation, whatever, and the first thing to come out of the kids mouth, oh, we're not going to small group this week, Dad, come on. We took a trip down to Lake Powell with the group, um, you know, for a week, you know, just in July. And, uh, I mean, it was just tremendous. I mean, we just had a great time. We are a tight, tight group, and uh, I love each and every person in our LTG. We are all loved. Warts and all, and, it, and you feel that here. I mean, it's just, it's wonderful, unconditional love. It's just amazing what this group's done. I mean, it, it's it's hard to put put the whole thing, you know, words around the whole thing, because it has had such an impact on us. You know, not just Sunday and Tuesday by any means. I mean, it's seven days a week. You know, I I get texts and phone calls from these guys all the time. Just you know, what's going on? How you doing? You know, all of it. You know, it, it, it's just really been a whole nother facet to my life, uh, a big facet to my life, and, you know, I, we're, we're just very grateful for it.
Good stuff. We're focused on Jesus, and we want to be tight together. We all know that we want that in our life. You know what I'm saying? We all know that we want that in our life. And we need that because, like I said, we lose focus. And when you're tight together with other people, other people who want to be focused on the same thing, it makes so much sense to say, man, I lost my focus this week. Man, can you help get me back on track? Will you pray for me? And I've been in your groups. I've been in six or seven of the groups, and, and that piece is there. That piece of saying, man, help me get back on track. So we're tight together. Hebrews 10, uh, it's a great verse. I want you to read this. Let's read this out loud. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I love this about what the writer says. He just says, right at the end, God's coming back. Jesus is returning. And we need to stay focused together. Let's encourage one another to stay focused. And that's the reason that we we do these Life Together groups and the CTCs. That stands for Continuing the Conversation. That's why we do that. Because we want to stay focused together and we want to do life together. Man, you know, all of us can't go on all vacations together, but how much fun to go with your small group camping, to go water skiing together, and to enjoy the relationships that you've started that have been budding because of the stuff that God's been doing in your life. You know, one of the things that uh, we typically get wrong, and I've said this the last couple of weeks, but this is super important because we want you to know this about this together piece. A lot of times people think, I need to clean up my life. I need to clean up my behavior. And, and once I clean up my behavior, then I can go somewhere and, and I can kind of fit in, okay? And, and if I kind of fit in and I kind of clean up my behavior, then hopefully, like I was saying before, hopefully it all pans out well in the end. Hopefully it looks right. And, and some of you even come to the place where you really understand what's being talked about and you actually believe out of that. Okay, you actually become, you genuinely believe what's being talked about. But that, that isn't the picture the Bible paints. You know, Jesus, when he was here, he walked with all kinds of people. And he developed relationship with all kinds of people. And there was a sense of belonging and following and comfort. Like I said, sinners were attracted to him. We want you to know if you're just visiting us or, or even if you're from here, it's our goal that we would belong. That you belong together. That when people walk in, that they would feel like, yeah, I feel welcome here. I don't feel like somebody's selling me something, but I feel welcome here. You know, that starts when somebody really just pulls in the driveway and says, all right, I'm going to try this out. For those of us who are here who are part of this family, it starts really at the door. It's not just the connections team. It could be all of us. The conversation you have some, with somebody in between services could be revolutionary for them. It could. I was playing golf this week, and somebody gave me a word. And um, and uh, do you guys know Paul? Paul Enfinger? Hey, Paul's right there. Paul, Paul gave me a word this week. It's going to change my golf game for the next five years to come. He gave me one word. And uh, you'll have to take me golfing to find out what that word is, okay? No, I'm teasing. He said my swing was armsy, okay? 
And uh, now, it's because they're just so huge, my arms. And uh, so here's, here's the thing. Um, when you're tight together with people and you share something with somebody, it could revolutionize their walk with Jesus. It could just revolutionize it. Because you were willing to share something. And so being tight together, it happens in the lobby. It happens here. It happens in small groups. And I want to encourage you to, to move into that. So a lot of times people think, i got to clean up my act, and then i got to belong. And, and so the, the opposite, really, just to end that off, is that we, we here, we want you to belong. We want you to come and feel welcome. And then we want you to believe. We want you to know as you're belonging... We want you to know that we're focused on Jesus. We just are. And, and Jesus calls us to believe in Him. And you know what? Once you believe, once God makes you new, what the Bible says, that we become new creatures, then behavior, it comes out of the work that Jesus is doing in you. You don't have to come here and put on a show for anybody. That's exactly what they were saying, isn't it? They know me. I, I don't have to pretend. I'm going to these groups and... And they love me. And I belong. And they're helping me to believe and to walk more and more into it. And, and then eventually, God changes who we are. And we've become new. And that's what we want to invite you into. So focus on Jesus. Tight together. And the O is for out there. We want to be out there. Some of you have been out there this year. And we want to celebrate some of that stuff even now. Those of us who have been out there this year. Amen, that's good stuff. So we're focused on Jesus. We're tight together. And we want to be out there. How many of you were involved in some of those trips? How many of you um, did some of the homeless stuff we do uh, downtown here this year? Stand up. Stand up if you've, done, if you've helped out with some of the homeless stuff. Let's give, up, let's give it up for these guys. All right? Cool. Now, how many, how many of you have been involved in some of the food packing to send overseas, the, the Kids Against Hunger? How many of you have done that? Would you stand up? Yeah. All right. Excellent. Excellent. How many of you have been involved in uh, like the New Orleans or the Honduras or uh, the Manila trip, one of, the, one of our trips this year? How many of you have been involved with that? All right. We want to focus on Jesus and be tight together, but we want to get out there. We want to take the good news out there. You know, one of the mistakes we pretty often make is just that people are automatically going to come to us, and that we would live here as a church, and that people would just automatically find their way to us. But Jesus is a going out there God. Jesus is a missionary come to earth, interrupt time, and, and come to us for our salvation. And, and we got to be out there. Uh, there's this passage that I would uh, like to show you just out of 1 Corinthians. And Paul, and this is a great chapter, if you've never really thought through or studied through 1 Corinthians 15, I just can't recommend it enough. I love 1 Corinthians 15 because here's what he says. He says, this is the gospel. This is what I preach to you. This is it. This is the good news. And it's that Jesus came. He was perfect. 
He lived and died. This isn't where I'm just giving the context for that. It's not quite there yet. He lived and died. He was buried on the third day. According to the scriptures, he rose again. Just what was prophesied hundreds of years before, he lived it out. And he did it. And he conquered death. And, and Paul says, that's it. We came to you and we gave it to you straight. Because that's what you've got to believe in. It's not in how good you are. It's not in how good I am. It's not in the way I spin it to you. It's Jesus. And then he goes on because some people were saying there that Jesus wasn't real and he didn't rise from the dead. And this is all a story. And here's what he says. He says, if there's no resurrection, then there's no living Christ. Then God isn't alive. Then Jesus isn't alive and face it. If there's, no, if there's no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is smoke and mirrors. Everything you've staked your life on is smoke and mirrors. And if Christ weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark. You've lost your focus. There is nothing to live for. If, all, if Christ weren't raised, then all you're doing is wandering about in the dark as lost as ever. And if we're... And it, if all we get out of Christ is a little inspiration for a few short years, then we're a pretty sorry lot. There's some people that say, well, I don't know about Jesus, as if He really was God, but, but He was a good guy, and what a way to live. And here's the Apostle Paul. He says, if this isn't real, if Jesus isn't the center of everything, then it's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. If He's not God, come to earth, for your salvation and mine, lived, died, and rose from the dead for my sin and for yours, if it's not that, it's all a bunch of smoke and mirrors. It's just a game. It says, what a sorry lot if we're putting our hope in something that isn't real. But this is the truth. Go on. But the truth is that Christ has been raised up the first in a long, long legacy of those who are going to leave the cemetery. Because what he's saying, he's saying, there's life after death for those who believe. And Jesus is the first. And you see, when we talk about out there, this is the reason that we're out there. We're not here putting on a good show, although it's an amazing show. We're not here putting on a good show. We're here worshiping the living Christ because we want to be out there. You see, the truth is, is that you and I are here because of this. Because there's more people who aren't here. There's more people who are out there, lost, wandering in the darkness. They're putting their hope in something that isn't. They're putting their hope in, I can be good enough. And nobody can be good. They're putting their hope in something that will fail them. And we're called to be out there. We're called to be out there up in Pioneer Park, and we're called to be out there in Jordan and in Sandy and Draper. We're called as we go out to be out there, to be on focus. You know, there's nothing exciting, as exciting as new life, as a one-year birthday, as the birth of a child. My, my niece was born this week. It's the first. We've got, uh, there's five five boy grandkids, and this is the, the princess was born this week in my family. And uh, so now my sister Lexi has become the cherished one. She has become the, uh, the most important child in our family, for sure, because she has delivered a beautiful little Nora to my, my parents. And uh, so the princess has arrived. 
There's nothing as great as birth. There's no, well, ladies, let me, let me give you that over again, I guess. The process of that birth thing is kind of sketchy for a few hours. Um, but there's nothing as exciting as new life. And that's why we're out there. Is that God will bring new life to new people. Let's celebrate as we celebrate some of the new life that's happened this year. Do you guys ever sit and... Uh, do you ever wonder who's supposed to be right here? In this seat and what their story is? And where they're at right now? Maybe her name is Sarah. Or maybe his name is Jim. People who are who are still out there. And they don't know. They don't know that there's a God who loves them and has, who has pursued them. And they're just going about life, trying to find it. Trying to find it in relationships. Trying to find it in success. Do you ever think about who's supposed to be here? Maybe it's Mary. Or maybe it's Tom. And right now they're at home just thinking, man, is there anything real on the road ahead? Or is it is this it? I do this for a few more years and then I die and then who knows? I wonder about these people and where they're at. Because the truth is, is that I'm supposed to go get him. Jesus paints a picture of himself and the church and he says, I'm the shepherd and there's, there's a bunch of sheep and one of them strays off and he's out there. And he says, I'll leave the 99 behind because we're supposed to go out there. We're supposed to go out there and to get the one that's lost. What does the road ahead look like for you this year? You might, this might be your very first morning. It might be a little bit intense. But what does it look like? What is what is the now look like? I want to encourage you just the same way these guys did to say, what is it right now that is killing me? And what am I asking God for the road ahead? What is it right now that's destroying me? And what does the road ahead need to look? What am I asking God? God, would you do this on my path? Would you change this? God, would you, would you fix my road ahead? Would you lead me in that straight way? Because there's nothing like new life. There's nothing like the joy of saying, man, the road behind me, I don't even want to talk about it anymore. But the road ahead of me, the road that Jesus has me on going, I can't wait. There's one of these and a marker underneath each of your seats. I would encourage you. 
to say, God, this has been the real for me. And I want the road ahead to look different. And maybe in the next few minutes while we worship, maybe you've got a couple of things that you want to put on there. When we leave later, we're just going to drop them in a box. No names, no nothing. And we're going to hang them up as, as uh, prayers. We're going to put them in a box right here as we worship. As you, as you, uh, while you worship or, or as you leave, we're going to put them in there. And uh, we're going to decorate this place with our prayers next week. And just say, God, would you change our old paths into new paths? Maybe you're somebody that needs to belong. You don't belong anywhere. We want to serve you that way. We want to help you belong. Maybe you're somebody that doesn't believe yet. We want to walk with you until you do. It's okay if you don't believe. We want to walk with you. Maybe you're somebody who says, I'm here and I believe, but I'm not together with anybody. I want to invite you. I want to invite you into, into community. Help us know how we can serve you. One of the great ways to do that is everybody has a blue sheet, a connect card. If you've never connected with us, just write it down and let me know a way I can be praying for you. I've gotten a lot of your pictures and so I, I know your family now and I'm, uh, I'm praying for you by name during the week. And I just want to say thanks for doing that. And if, if I don't have a picture of you and you're saying, hey, I'd like, I'd like to be part of the family here, email me. Uh, Email, email me your picture. My email is real easy. It's just lchapman at k2thechurch.com. And email that to me, and, and I'd love to be praying for you. I'd love to begin to help you if you want to connect to get into one of our groups. And then maybe you're saying, hey, I'm connected, and I'm, but I pretty much just come here. I serve a little bit now and again, and, and thank you so much. Thank you so much for serving. Um, well, you might say, hey, I'm not out there. We want to encourage you to be out there. A few of us yesterday went out there a little bit just with these. You know, next, next week starts a great sermon series called Who Wants It All? We all want it all. Our gut, we want everything. And we pursue all the wrong paths to get there. But we're going to spend a month talking about who wants it all. And we just want to promise you that we're going to do a good job talking about the love of God to your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers. And on the way out, there's a few of these on the seats, but we would really love for you to take 10 or 20 of these and, and say, I'd like to invite a couple of people. I'd like to invite a couple of people at work. They're made as a door hanger. You can even hang them on your neighbor's doors at 4 o'clock in the morning if you want. You know, <laughs> but, but I'd really rather you take one and give it to one person that you've been, you've been praying for. And say, I can't explain everything. Maybe you can't explain everything about your faith in Christ, but to say, I'd love to invite you to church. I found a lot of hope in Jesus there. I'd encourage you to say, I'm going to be out there. You guys know, this year is going to be amazing. I can't wait to see and hear. Do you know that those stories right there, those are just a handful of the stories from the people we baptized last month. Because they're saying, God totally changed me. Do you realize that in this valley down south here, there's only one church that talks about the gospel for every ten to 15,000 people. 
It's ridiculous. There are so many people, so many people hurting that they don't know they can be forgiven. They don't know that Jesus loved them and they, they don't have to perform for Him. That He's done it all. And all there is for us to do is to believe and to be forgiven. Guys, I can't wait. I can't wait to see and hear the stories of the people who fill up these chairs. I can't wait to hear the stories of you as you say, man, I took that step and I went out and, and you'll never believe what God did. My community, it's not the same. My, my part of the cubicles, I can't, I can't even believe to tell you that we're actually doing Bible studies at lunch. We're actually talking about Jesus over lunch. This group of women that we're with, uh, we're actually talking about Jesus. We're actually pursuing Him together. We're not just doing what we used to do. I can't wait to hear those stories. Because those are coming this year in this place. Because the good news is amazing. And I know that it's transformed many of your lives. And I can't wait to see it fill up more and more seats. So as we celebrate this one year anniversary... I just want to say, God, would you, would you work here through us? Would you use us? Would you lead us? Would you make our, would you make our old paths straight? And would you give us the joy of walking with you? Let's ask that of the Lord together as we worship.